Race matters. 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 Sydney mob. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sarah Khan. I'm Darren Lasagas. Coming back at you, Dream Team, back on it again for Race Matters. It's been a while since we've been on the it's show. Been a, it's been a hot minute. I know, right? It's good to be back, though. It is so good to be back. Um, I've missed you. <laughs> so you missed me back. Oh, I thought you were talking to our listener. No, I was talking to you. Oh, yeah, I miss you too. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. not genuine, but whatever. <laughs> Anyway, just before we start off our deadliest yarns of the half hour, as always, I'd like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the Gadigal peoples as the traditional custodians of the land and the waterways that we are meeting on today. The Gadigal peoples have been a part of this land and landscape for 80,000 years before us. And no matter where you go, no matter how many tall trees or tall buildings you see, it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal peoples and their elders, both past, present and emerging, for allowing us to sit on this land today to share these amazing cultural stories. Uh, today we are doing things a little bit differently. There are no guests, so it is uh, your friends Sarah and Darren for the next half hour until uh, six o'clock. And we're going to be uh, talking about a film that's been hot on everyone's lips and minds for a few months now since mm-hmm. it started being promoted. And it just got released last week, uh, Us by Jordan Peele. He's the director behind the film Get Out, which came out a couple years ago and uh, has since captured many imaginations and changed film and cinema in a way that hasn't been done in a while. Yeah, he's really creating a whole new um, standard and pathway for how we reclaim our own narratives and stories and also with these casting choices as well, really normalising what we see on our screens compared to how people of colour have constantly been tokenised or misrepresented in recent, not in recent, the whole birth of Hollywood <laughs> industry, birth of film and television. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, chat today won't necessarily be about the plot, uh, even though it does sound like an amazing plot. And if you haven't heard about what it's about, uh, basically, uh, well, here's a little bit of a summation. Accompanied by her husband, son and daughter, Adelaide Wilson returns to the beachfront home where she grew up as a child. Haunted by a traumatic experience from the past, Adelaide grows increasingly concerned that something bad is going to happen. And as is mostly want to do in most horror movies, something bad does happen. Uh, it is very scary looking from what we've seen. Uh, and yeah, to disclaim, we haven't seen the film, but we are definitely interested in the rhetoric that surrounds the film. It's got an amazing cast, Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Shahadi Wright, uh, Joseph and Evan Alex. And uh, yeah, we're keen to just get into it. Yeah, definitely keen to just roll straight into it. And for our first track of it, we thought we'd kick it off with the first track that kicks off Get Out in, you know, just paying respects to Jordan Peele and his song choices, really. This is Childish Gambino, Redbone. And you're on Race Matters, FBI 94.5. And 
This is Race Matters on FBI 94.5. You're Asada Khan and Darren Lasagas right now. This is Childish Gambino, Redbone. It uh, opens the film Get Out by Jordan Peele, which came out a few years ago. Uh, the director of which we are talking about this afternoon. Man of the Hour, Jordan Peele. So Jordan Peele has recently just announced, uh, not announced, sorry, released Us. So Us came out over the weekend and it's pretty much captivated viewers with its eerie creepy excellence but one thing that is standing out and being celebrated by many demographics is having an all-black family at the center of the story and controlling the narrative and one thing that Jordan Peele does very different compared with with us compared to Get Out is he normalizes seeing people of color as protagonists in a major motion picture something that is extremely rare Get Out's most central theme was race and race politics in America and how white people are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fetish? Um, Fetishizing. Fetishizing black black bodies, black minds, black knowledge, black excellence. And what um, us is doing is actually completely different. It's not got a central theme of race in it. It's really just putting black people and a black family at the centerfold of uh, really creepy narrative and yeah. showing and really normalizing seeing black people on screens without their race having to be the topic of conversation yeah when i read the uh synopsis for the film earlier that could have been any family of any race 100 percent, 100 percent. and over last week he was speaking at an event about the film and in it he had stated that he will never cast a white man as the protagonist in his films for many reasons but mainly because he has seen that movie before we can all agree on that and obviously this has stirred up you know the reverse racist rhetoric and all the champions of of it so we decided to look into other instances where popular shows have lacked diversity or people have spoken out about the lack of diversity on writers' tables and how these can really affect the narrative and really the success of the story that they're trying to promote. Yeah. Um, so the thing that a lot of people have come out about, and I actually got into an argument with someone about this on Facebook. I don't, As you I, do, yeah. I don't usually dive into the comment section, but <laughs> this one just really... It, the only reason why it got to me was because it was in a um, forum that was for women of colour. Mm. And so whoever was stating this, um, I don't know if they were trolling or not, but um, it was what they were saying was that, you know, like... He's um he's just you know becoming a black supremacist because of it. And what if a white man was to say he would never cast a black person in it? Like you know if you know you want to fight your oppressor, then don't you know stoop to that level. Kind of uh, uh, anyway, um I couldn't help myself. I had to jump on that wagon. I had to get into the comment section of it just because it was supposed to be a safe space. This kind of forum. And, you know, pretty much had to shut down any kind of insinuation of reverse racism being a thing. You know, like that's one thing people need to wash out of their minds when someone like Jordan Peele is getting on there saying, this is why I'm not casting a white person. Mm. Reverse racism is not, it's it's myth. Let's just get that out there. For (laughs) people who may be listening who aren't familiar with the term reverse racism or may believe that, that it is a warranted argument, how can we explain how reverse racism is a myth. Reverse racism is a myth because the current systems that we live under are controlled and benefited for only people that are not of colour. You know, minorities and, you know, first peoples, indigenous peoples and other people of cultures, refugees, everyone do not 
get to benefit from this system. It's an institutionalized system of racism and it's built by colonial structures. And yes, white people do benefit from these systems. They are entrenched in our policies, in our education systems, in how um, what we see on the screens, the fact that we don't have su- we're having this conversation right now. Mm-hmm. And until those systems are real built down and rebuilt again to reflect everyone equally, then reverse racism will always be a myth. And if you need to understand this a little bit further, there is plenty of academia on there. But the best thing that you can look at is Ahmed Rahman's um, comedy skit on reverse racism. That's the best way to look at it in a nutshell. Yeah, we posted about that uh, skit on the Race Matters Instagram before. And uh, you know what? Maybe we'll just post it again. Yeah, just to cover <laughs> our bases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this idea that reverse racism exists is... Uh, absurd because uh racism exists in a system of power and when the power imbalance is there uh it cannot ever be equalized no and another thing as well you know jordan peele saying that he'll never cast a white dude as a protagonist in his films i don't understand why that irks people so Mm. much because white dudes are at the center of everything every film that we see you get to control every narrative so What's like Jordan Peele saying that he won't cast white dudes in his films does not mean that he's, you know, approving some kind of like white genocide of white men, you know, like he's literally released two films, you know, (laughs) I think he accounts for about like 98.98% of all the films that are out there and they are the only ones that put black people at the centre of it. And at the end of the day, this may or may not be speaking to what his motives are with making films. He's a black man. He's creating art that speaks to him as as his own human experience and that includes being a black person. Absolutely. Um, There are some other instances uh, in pop culture and in film where uh, stories are not necessarily uh, uh, created by black people but are black stories. Um, uh, another one is Orange is the New Black yep. I feel like is one that is being heavy in a lot of people's minds since its inception uh, that that uh, TV show Netflix original whatever it's called yeah. started pretty cool uh, in that it showed an insight into what women incarceration looks like yeah and in the first season it was also more centred around Piper Absolutely. a white woman it was yeah. a white gaze uh, being yep. imparted completely but as the show went on uh, and the focus uh, assumedly shifted from Piper onto the uh, previously peripheral characters it became black stories Latina stories yeah. queer stories However, I think in 2015, uh, it was revealed, well, not revealed, but it had been properly called out when uh, an image of the writing team was released uh, after a season had aired and they were celebrating the season and literally every writer was white. Mm, Yeah, there was, I think there was two males on there that were Latino and um, a Korean woman. But otherwise, the rest of them were all white. And this was the whole reason why it mainly got hashed out this photo right after the season was because it was after the season that they had dealt with Black Lives Matter and police brutality and a central character had died as a result of excessive police force. Um, And she was a woman of colour and then the whole conversation and narrative got drawn around that. And then the photo came up of what the actual behind the scenes looked like and it did not reflect what the on-screen looked like. And that's when everyone was like, because uh, there were a couple of responses that came out about it, kind of applauding the writer's table for being able to tackle such issues. But then all the people of colour who are actually impacted by these narratives and have these lived experiences were like, nah, like, why are we applauding them for writing these stories? Why can't they just hire black people to write 
write their own stories because there was actually a lot of little loopholes in this in the way they wrote these narratives that weren't handled the best way they should have. There was no real conclusion to it. Mm. It was just kind of touch and go base. Yeah. Just because you've got black actors on there really excelling and nailing and driving it home does not mean that the writing is doing that job. Yeah. Diversity in the casting, but not in, behind the camera does not diversity make. Yeah, and what we'll chat more on after this song is kind of how when you put people of colour, when you put the people that have those lived experiences and those narratives actually belong to them, when you let, when they have full control in directing, in writing and performing those stories, you will actually profit more from it. Language warning on this track. This is I Got Five on it. This is Race Matters on FBI 94.5. So let's head to the east, hit the stroll to 9-0 so we can roll big hashish. 
I wish I could fade the eight, but I'm no budget. Still rolling the two dough, cut the same old bucket. Foggy window, soggy endo. I'm in the land, getting smoke with my kid. Up in smoke, yuck, I spray you, lay it down. Up in the OAK, the town. Homies don't lay around, we down there, blaze a pound. Then ease up, speed up through the ESO, drink the ESOP up with the lemon squeeze up. And everybody's roller, I'm the roller. That's quick to fold up, blunt out of a bunch of sticky doja. Hold up, suck up my weed, it's all you need, kicking feet. Cause we're IVs, we need to have like a fool fool. After seeing the trailer for Us uh, by Jordan Peele and hearing this song kind of reworked into the making of it, I can't hear that song the same I again was just going to say that. the same thing. It's really dun, taken, dun, on, dun, dun. Yeah, it's taken on another life. There's dun, a family dun, dun, in our driveway. Oh, oh my oh. God. Dun, it's dun, dun. Us. What do you oh, mean? Oh, no, uh, don't. <laughs> that's Sada Khan. I'm Darren Lasagas, and this is Race Matters on FBI 94.5. We are talking about uh, the ownership that Jordan Peele has over his art, which, you know, is base level. You should have that, you know, yeah. without anyone trying it's to challenge really that and take asking, it away from you. It's not I asking know. for a lot, It's not. is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is another movie uh, that came out years ago now that Sarah and I have been thinking about in regards to this conversation, and it's Django Unchained by Quentin Tarantino, mm. which is, in essence, a black story, uh, but made by a white man. And uh, yeah, it definitely raises more questions than it answers. Uh, The way that it portrays violence and language, uh, I know made people very uncomfortable watching it. Um, Sarah, what did you think of the movie? So, Quentin Tarrant, this is one that I was saying to Darren off air as well. It was really conflicting for me because I, as a person involved in film and performance, I love Quentin Tarantino. Like, Kill Bill is my favourite movie of all time. And... With Django Unchained, it was those same sort of questions. It was that comfort that he had with the N-word. Not even like, not even the N-word with the A on the end, with the hard er as well, you know? And then the violence and the way he portrayed, because I understand his reason for violence, but it's just very different given the context of Django Unchained and the kind of violence that you're portraying is actually very real and people have those lived experiences and trauma still carried with them today through their own ancestors. You know, it's not the same kind of violence that you see in something like Kill Bill and Reservoir Dogs, Mm. you know, where you can kind of let yourself go in that kind of fancy of violence but the violence in Django is very very real and it was a little it was not a little it was very irresponsible the way it was handled and um yeah it's something that really made me massively uncomfortable and it made a lot of people uncomfortable as well because it's you know the story was you know excellent the the performances that everyone gave in the film was phenomenal you know Mm. and you know jamie fox and christopher waltz and leonardo dicaprio and carrie washington especially you know it was um an excellent 
performance by that whole cohort, but it is very unsettling knowing that the person behind the making of that story is not a person of colour and it, mm. it is something that needs to be held. Like, you need to be held accountable for those kinds yeah. of things. That's the kind of field you want to delve into. You need to be held accountable. You need to answer those questions from the community of those people. If anything, for me and for, I guess, a lot of people as well, the question was, was he attacking the heinous experience and violent nature of slavery in America or was he reveling in it? Absolutely. That's the, that's the thing. Like, you're bo- there's one thing where you're trying to speak truth, you know, and when you're trying to be honest in your craft, and then there's a part where you cross that line and it becomes self-gratuitous. Mm. It be, it's you indulging in something that is, you know, really should be just kept to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So what can happen when someone has complete control over their own story? It's just proven. Like, we look at um how... Much Black Panther, how much success Black Panther has had. You know, it is the only superhero film to be nominated for an Oscar, mm. you know, and Crazy Rich Asians as mm. well. Like last year was just really quite exciting for seeing people of colour and culture, you know, pushing forward amazing stories that, you know, all demographics can engage with, but it, the people that were at the centerfold of it were, you know, the Asian community and it was the stories of um, that whole. The whole, um, like, you can totally understand it from your perspective of how Crazy Rich Asians just, mm. just you know, chucked so much cultural content and history in there, but it was also, like, super funny and super um, frustrating and then really, like, you could see a little bit, like I could see, I could even relate to little bits of it just being from Pakistan as well. Mm. Um, and then you've got Black Panther that did what it did there with um, all of the costumes and the... Um, differences between being black in America and black in Africa. Um, And it generates a crazy amount of profit Mm. when you have people of colour telling their stories. And it is proven that when you don't, you flop. Look at Ghost in a Shell. Oh, man, what a mess. What a bloody (laughs) mess that was, you know? And they defended that casting choice of Scarlett Johansson endlessly. And everyone was like, well, fine, we're not going to watch it then. Mm. (laughs) And it became a massive flop. Look at Emma Watson, Emma Watson, Emma Stone in Aloha playing half. They tried to they tried to convince people that she was half native, half indigenous Hawaiian, and half Japanese. Uh, yeah, it's uh, honestly wild when you put it that way. And there's no spin from a media or any promo from the film. It's like she's literally not that. Yeah, she's literally not that. And it's just like, and Ridley Scott actually came out because Ridley Scott copped a lot of flack for yeah. Gods of Egypt. Yeah, because you're you're telling the story of um, you know gods of egypt which is inherently all black people in egypt and he cast christian bale and joel edgerton to play those roles they even made joel edgerton's skin more tanned in it and he got a lot of flack for it and he wrote he came back at everyone defending his choice saying like well i'm not gonna make money if i don't put bankable actors at the front and everyone's like how can you keep pushing that excuse Mm. it doesn't work like that anymore it's proven that when you have like and it's not fair as well when people say that oh we didn't cast this person in that role because there's no successful asian actors we didn't cast that we didn't get any writers on that writer table because there's no successful black actors there's no successful you know indigenous writers here directors here so we got to we got to you know we're scraping the balance like no you're not you're just not putting in the effort you know and you're not enabling that platform and that access and there are people who are and yeah. uh, and Jordan Peele said a great uh, thing in a recent uh, interview that he did, I guess, over the week. A renaissance has happened and proved the myths about representation in the industry are false. And uh, I think he's really forging the way for representation in a way that not many people have done or are doing currently. Yeah. 
Uh, we do have to wrap up for this afternoon. Uh, my name's Darren Lasagas. And I'm Sarah Khan. This has been Race Matters. Uh, our podcast lives online, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, uh, including fbiradio.com and on Spotify. Uh, and yeah, thanks for listening to our chat about Jordan Peele and about reverse racism. If you are still questioning what reverse racism is or what it uh, how it exists and you know why people think it's real. Uh, there's a very quick and easy uh, digestible thing that you can watch. It lives on our Race Matters Instagram. It's a skit by comedian Amir Rahman mm-hmm. and uh, it's amazing. Uh, and if you don't get it on first time, watch it again. Uh, yeah. We'll leave you with a track by Baker Boy, Cool as Hell. Uh, Monday Sunset with Simon Colwell's on after this and you're on FBI 94.5. See ya. See ya. I've been feeling like a lone wolf, dancing in the street light, howling at the moon. When I hear the beat, Naraka Babuyun, Murmaram, Redake, that's what a brother do. Spreading that mood, bro, get me on the dance floor. We could have a dance off, do it all night. Feeling all juiced up, getting my groove on. Set it up super, we could take a flight, alright? I said, ooh, you got me feeling myself. Now I put it on you. Cool as hell. I said, ooh, you got me feeling myself. Now put it on you It's the person looking back at you really on track Are you really on the path to where you wanna be? Doing out a nungu, only know me I ain't in the coma, I really don't sleep I ain't even tripping every minute that I'm living I'ma kill it on the rhythm we can keep Race matters 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 Race matters